Hello, everyone. This is Chris Van Dyne from North Coast Sports. You'll hear me here every week during football season with my main man, Stu, from the StuCast. And just want to let everyone know we got a lot going on at North Coast. We got Power Sweep coming up. Going to be releasing that at the end of August. And get on board for Power Sweep at ncsports.com. Definitely check out our podcast on ncsports.com. And like I said, you'll hear me every week giving out some of the best handicapping picks that you will get in the industry uh, with Stu and Bobcat every week here, as well as at North Coast Sports, ncsports.com. And we're looking forward to football season. All right, everybody, welcome back in a special episode of the StuCast Pick'em Podcast coming out later this week. But we start after a big game, a tumultuous game, and there's nobody better to bring on to chat. And it's long overdue. Uh, Great friend to this show, to myself. He is the host of the Five Star Zone podcast. We'll co-host with the great Howard Griffith of Big Ten Network. You can catch him every single day, two to six, 97 won the ticket. Uh, Odyssey.com is where you can, where I have to listen to it because I'm in Virginia. But he is my friend, the great Rico Beard. Rico, it's always a pleasure. We we started talking for like five minutes before this. And you're like, we got to start this. Right. We, we have, well, you know, we do what we like to say here. You know what? Hey, guys, we're doing a show before the show. How about we just go ahead and do the show? Yeah, yeah. Um, so with that, let's hop right into it. Everybody, I, I don't know what, it, I thought you guys today, and you can go listen to it, I'm going to re-listen to it. You and Mike today on the show gave a very pointed, well thought out, very good synopsis of the different ways you can approach this and the different ways to approach what happened after the Michigan state Michigan game for folks outside the state. We don't get to, I think there's a general sense that yeah, Michigan can be assholes and they generally are, but you know, they just see the, the, the five on one beat down and they think, ah, you know, what a bunch of thoughts. And it's, it's been a common thing. I thought you guys did a great job adjudicating it. Uh, I'll let you have the floor to say your piece. No, it's, it's just one of those things we talk about. Stu, it's, this rivalry has just gone down a dark path where it's become a very toxic relationship. The thing is, when you think Alabama-Auburn, when you think you know Florida-Georgia or Florida-Florida State or Texas-Oklahoma, like, there's a level of respect there. There, there's no respect when it comes to to Michigan and Michigan State. It's just hate, and it's spilling over beyond the field to the fans, to the things that are going on. I mean, now you have players, Michigan players, who, as I said, they wanted to beat Mel Tucker more than they wanted to beat Michigan State, and I don't know why. Like Mark D'Antonio, I understand why because he said a lot of things in the rivalry. Mel Tucker's yet to say anything, but the first thing that comes out of Blake Corm's mouth at the podium is, well, Tuck coming. I saw Tuck running. It's like, dude, you just won. And instead of just saying, hey, I'm proud of my teammates, that's the first jab that you take. And if you're Blake Corm, it's like, 
Blake, you're one and two against Michigan State. You may want to pump your brakes. Mike Hart was four and zero. Oh. It stung, but he was four and zero. Oh. So he can say the little brother shot. You will leave Michigan with a losing record against Michigan State. Good luck with that. So, but then the thing that happens in the tunnel, it's it's one of those. You saw it coming. If you watched the game, there was a skirmish out in the field. The cameras, the ABC cameras cut away from it. Uh, you saw the coaches and everybody separating. Mel Tucker's trying to sift through the crowd to find Jim Harbaugh. You see players being pushed back by coaches. He sees Harbaugh. They shake hands. They bring out the trophy. And a lot of Michigan tr- players ran over and celebrated with their fans, which, you know what? Great. You won. You, you know, 29 to 7. Way to go. It, and then you have, uh, was it Jaden McBurrow, number one for Michigan? He decided that, you know what? I'm going to run up the tunnel with the Michigan State players. And, and here's the thing. The, late, the next thing you see is he's getting into a fight and there's four people, four Michigan State players doing something to him. And then you also see, uh, I, I guess it's Jermon Green, who talked a lot of smack before the game, said he didn't, he couldn't remember who the running back was for Michigan State, that number nine character, I forgot his name. And it was like, hey, Jermon, you should know his last name, Walker, because he ran past you all day. So you should be able to read the back of his jersey. He, I mean, he's just about to be the offensive player of the year, rookie of the year, but right, whatever. But, so – now the Michigan State players, they, they get into it. And you know what? I'm not advocating violence, anything. Mel Tucker comes out and immediately, and he suspends four players. He's like, guys, they're suspended at least for a game until we figure out what happens. That's pretty much all he could do. Because here's the thing. No one was there. We're all seeing the same video. So it's, it's like that Warshak test. You see what you want to see. And unfortunately, in this state, Michigan, Michigan State goes down political lines. I mean, it's party lines. You might as well be talking about January 6th or or mass uh, mandates and COVID. And well, you're not even you're not even being hyperbolic. It's literal because I I think you can draw some. The attorney general has had a very hands-on approach to the rivalry, right? Right. And uh, there's tinges of that in the legislature in the state of Michigan. I mean, it's. It's really scary. It's it is a serious deal. Look, here's the thing. I said, you know what? Either you got to really because here's, I promise you, next year this all gets ramped up because the media, and it's the other thing. The media has become involved in this too, where they've chosen sides and they're saying this, and you're not hearing anybody say, well, you know what? Both teams were wrong. It's Michigan State was all wrong. Harbaugh came out and said, well, there's new video where you clearly see. What happened? Yeah, I saw that video, Jim. And the only thing I saw was 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 Jermon Green swinging. And then a helmet came and, and started hitting him in the head. Now, whoever hit him with the helmet, he's that person is gone for the year minimum. May never be a Spartan again. Uh, it's a bad look. I mean, you saw that with Miles Garrett in the NFL. He gets suspended for a year, but then you also see Aaron Donald swings a helmet and nothing happened to him. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but it, it, it was one of those, why were those guys going up the tunnel? Why weren't they celebrating with their team? You can't walk into a biker bar and just call them a bunch of bitches and not expect something <laughs> to happen. 
Yeah, you know what? And all your girls are ugly too. Yeah, okay. Good luck with that. <laughs> gonna have, something bad's gonna happen to you. I I appreciate what you guys did, and I you went into it more in depth. Ninety-seven won the ticket. Uh, Odyssey.com. If you want to go listen to that, also on YouTube, the Valenia and Rico show on YouTube. Uh, let's can we talk a little bit about the actual game? What what in the blue hell is Jay Johnson doing? And I know you guys touched on it, that fourth and one, and that's the play you pick. And I'm start. <laughs> Mike made a great point today. I'm starting to be aligned with him where I don't necessarily think defensively this Michigan State team. Oh, I, oh see, here's I the think, thing. No, no, no. Let me stop you. Because I told him, maybe you want to pause. I was like, <clears throat> here's the thing. Scotty Hazleton, the defensive coordinator for Michigan State, he doesn't have the Jimmys and the Joes. He lost a lot of starters in week one and week two, and it was backups. And those guys were backups for a reason, and they couldn't stop anybody. But then all of a sudden in the last two games, all the starters started coming back. Against Wisconsin, you go out there, defense played well enough that they won an overtime game. Against Michigan, that defense played well enough that they should have upset the Wolverines. When you hold the number four team to five field goals, you should win that game. Michigan could not score the ball. They got stuck multiple times. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm to the point where I'm like, maybe it's how Pat Narduzzi was in his first few seasons. Everybody wanted to run Pat Narduzzi out of town. And he said, I don't have the players here yet. And then he got the players. And then the no-fly zone came in, and everybody was loving Michigan State's defense. They were at the big boy table. They were behind the velvet rope. I'm wondering the same with Scotty Hazleton. He's changed up his defensive formations a little bit, not to get too geeky, but at least he's not stuck in, I'm going to do it this way. He's it's used simplified. The players that he it's, right. it's simplified much more than what Mel is trying to do. And I get Mel's got that Kirby Smart, Nick Saban pedigree, but that is a very now, ornate you, defense. You see SEC all the time. Yeah. Defense is all about – it's about skilled players. It's about athleticism. Yep. Offense, if you don't have the five-star players, offense is about scheme. It's about motion. It's about picking the, your poison. And, and you make teams have to pick somebody who they can cover and not cover, and you get guys wide open. I, I Case in point, I look at when, when Washington played Michigan State, and that's all white. Michael Penix just basically schemed his guys open, whereas Michigan State – it's a stagnant offense. You know exactly what they're going to do. They're very predictable. And if you want to be real about it, Stu, Michigan State's offense, even last year, was either Kenneth Walker breaks a big run or Peyton Thorne plays 500 and throws the ball deep yep. to Jalen Naylor or Jaden Reed, and then they score touchdowns. But, I mean, when you got a guy like Malik Carr as a tight end, number six, every time Malik touches the ball – it's 15 to 30 yards, and it's a business decision on whether you want to tackle this man or not. But he doesn't use them. Barker, like, he's got so many weapons. The one that really bothers me is um, he's got Harold Joyner III. I agree 100%. I thought that he was going to be the next Connor Hayward where you he's a mismatch. He's the fourth or fifth receiver. He's the guy you forget about. He's being covered by a linebacker, and you can do so much. But Jay Johnson is just stuck. I mean, fourth and – Fourth and inches, fourth and one, either. Okay, you'll never convince me that the correct call is not line up under center, quarterback sneak, and you could do the bush push now for free. 
It's not a penalty. That's the easiest thing to do. But to do a slow delay call, and honestly, it was like a, a slow it, delayed counter. And it looked like Michigan State was uh, was a false start because everybody yep. wasn't on the same page. You go back to the fourth and inches uh, earlier in the uh, in the game, and once again, you don't turn around and run backwards five yards in order to pick up six inches. That's stupid. So yeah, I am questioning. Does Jay John is he just stuck in the 90s with this offense? Because John L. Smith was able to, to create offense. Like it's not that when you don't have the five-star wide receivers and the five-star running backs, man, it, it's it's just scheme, it's bubble screens, it's reverses, it's all t- it's guys in motion to make sure Michigan ran the play where they got Schoonermaker open so many times. That was a schemed out play that it left him one-on-one with Jacoby Winman and he beat Jacoby Winman every time. Jay Johnson, I, I don't know, but th- that's the one that come December, I don't see how Mel Tucker keeps this man around because your offense is not getting better with him. You don't scare anybody. And quite frankly, here's the worst thing about it. Michigan State does not have an identity. That means, what are you doing, Jay? What is Mich- When you think Michigan State offense, I have no idea what they are. Yeah, 100% agree. And it, it's scary that we it, this offensive line, we knew it was an issue coming into the year. And now it, it, there's no running game. It's, it's a mess. You're going into this Illinois game. And Illinois through just straight attrition. I don't know how you feel about it per se, but it really feels like the Big Ten is Ohio State. We're back to the 70s. Ohio mm-hmm. State, Michigan. Uh, you have. It's the Big Two, Penn Little Eight. No, it's yeah. the Big Two, Little Eight is what it is. Exactly. Now, it's the, now it's the Big Two, Little 12. Penn State tried to sit at the big boy table. They got slapped back down. You have Illinois out in the West because somebody has to win the West. They may have the best running back that nobody has talked about in Chase Brown because he's really good. But let's face it, nobody watches Illinois football and nobody cares about Illinois football. I I kind of watch a lot of Illinois Right, but I mean, if you did, Chase Brown's the best running running back in the Big Ten. It ain't Blake Corn. I'm sorry. I was going to go Mo Ibrahim, but. I like Mo, but I I like Mo has some injuries where he wasn't playing. I got you with Chase, though. I understand just gets he's, it done. he's dynamic in the pass game too. And I what I really like what they did with Tommy DeVito this Which, year. They they're they're I think they're beatable. They're not, I mean, yes. Michigan or Ohio State will definitely beat them. I looked at this game with MSU and I looked at all the previous games that Illinois has played. It's on the road. Now, this is one where look, Michigan State needs three out of the next four games to be bowl eligible. Mel Tucker can really show a lot of people in America, in the world, that I got control of this team. If he can pull it together after all of this and go on the road and beat the number 17 team, they're 16 and a half point underdogs. But I, I'd be honest with you, I, I don't think that they're that. I don't. I don't think the game is going to be like that. I think this game is going to be a lot like the Wisconsin game, where it's going to go back and forth, where whoever has the ball last can do something. Now. This, once again, with the defense that Michigan State is playing, their run defense is 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 really they're, – they're able to stop people and they're able to contain people and keep them out of the red zone. 
The problem is, you know, is Illinois going to set back and drop back and pass? I don't know. But, you know, what is is DeVito going to be beat you at the quarterback spot? I don't think so. I mean, I didn't think Tanner Morgan was going to be that good either, but he was. I, I, I think it goes back to your point of look at the defense that we had available for the Minnesota game versus this game. And you're going to yeah. see some some huge differences there. DeVito's a game manager, but we saw him last week. He, he's just there to make smart plays right. and just make first downs. But again, I look at this Illinois team and go, this is still a team that lost to Indiana. And they mean Indiana's putrid. So, I, yeah, I, and I that's like what I'm saying. Shot it, with plus I, 16 and a half. I, I like the shot. You need, if you could beat Illinois, if you could beat Rutgers, and you could beat Indiana, now you get a bowl game. Now that helps you out with next year with the bowl practices because you got a lot of younger players. Uh, I mean, I, I talked to Coach Jordan, Brandon Jordan, because I was asking him, are we going to see more of the younger guys? And he was just like, yeah, well, you know, well, unfortunately, you're. Uh, Zion Young won't play. He was one of the four players that was suspended, yep. uh, but he was a true freshman. But he was like really just between it was Zion Young, and it was the uh, the other uh, Alex Van uh, Summerin. Yeah, but he was like the other guys aren't ready yet. They need more ta- time in the lab, and hopefully next year you'll see a lot more. That's why you need the bowl practices because that's going to expedite this with the bowl practices, and then you know you get the uh, spring practices now hopefully next year, because once again, you saw when they were, when they're able to get pressure on the QB, I think this defense is going to be a lot better because Scotty Hazleton shows you, I'm only trying to rush four guys and I'm going to drop seven back. If you can't get pressure with those four, the quarterback has all day to pick you apart. So this game is a game that can go a long way. So therefore the Penn state game doesn't become that must win game. It now becomes house money with, you know, I, I think Penn State at that point may be checked out because they normally are checked out by the end of the year where a guy like Joey Porter Jr. has to ask himself, do I really want to play? I'm not going to win the Big Ten. I'm going to the pros. Do I really want to keep playing in games or do I kind of shut this thing down and get ready for the NFL combine? Speaking of which, one of the greatest bank robbers in all of professional sports may just be James Franklin because he did it again. He made you think. I, how many times have we come out of a hot Ohio State Penn State game? And yeah, Penn State was just this close. You know, they almost had him. I had friends calling me from out of state. Hey, can you put fifty bucks on Penn State money line? Oh, okay. Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll donate to the sports books. They need it. Yeah. Here's what, the thing. What, what, oh, what's your take on James? I mean, he's a perpetual fraud to, to no, a lot of folks. James, he's a great recruiter. He can get talent there. It's just developing his talent. Now, he's got two running backs right now with uh, with Allen and, and, and I forgot Singleton. the other. Yeah, Singleton. He's got two. I mean, he's got he's got it. Now, can he get the next quarterback in? Can he develop and get the people better? That's where Franklin's always got talent, but – Somehow or another, he does dumb things, which causes Penn State to lose key games. He just does. I mean, it's <laughs> it's like clockwork. But ironically enough, going back to the Michigan-Michigan State tunnel incident, James Franklin predicted all of this. And I think this kind of helps Mel Tucker and Michigan State. 
James Franklin said, guys, we had problems with them. And if you don't police this tunnel better, there's going to be an incident that happens in the tunnel. He said that two weeks ago. Everybody laughed it off. Everybody said he was being soft. And, oh, look at you, James. You're just a sore loser. Well, two weeks later, after predicting, if you don't do something, something's going to happen. Look what happened. I don't know. They had all that security there, but apparently all the state troopers just wanted to watch a free game and not really do their job because there's no way in the world any Michigan player should have been in the tunnel while Michigan State was going. So there's a reason why it's called the cooling off period, okay? You don't want – because I'm angry, I'm emotional, I just need some time to be with my own kind and just go up this tunnel and we'll lick our wounds and we'll go home. I don't want to hear you celebrating. I just want to hear you go home. And when you got a player coming up there skipping, you I mean, you knew he was up to no good. And this is where, yeah, I think a lot of – like people are blaming Michigan State football as they should – they took the bait. Michigan baited them into this, and Michigan State players were not smart enough to not take the cheese. The Michigan players, you know what? You shouldn't have been in there. But I also blame security. Where were you guys at? You knew this game was at night. You knew emotions were high, and you didn't go out there. But I'm sorry. Back to James Franklin. Yes, he is a fraud. <laughs> he gets a ton of talent, and that's what keeps him around because every December and, and February, Penn State people feel really good about all the people they have coming there, they just don't get any better. And that's that's the thing where you look at Ohio State, they get players, these players get better. You go to Penn State, they got a lot of top players. They got a lot of players that, heck, I'd love to have at East Lansing. But they're never, they'll be the same. And Penn State will always lose three games a year and finish either second, third, or fourth in the Big Ten East. Right, the perpetual 10-2 team. Uh, last question before we let you go. We got basketball season tipping off here. I cannot wait for college basketball to be back. It's it, this. It's a, it's almost sensory overload for a few weeks. Big Ten, give me your top three teams in the Big Ten, and maybe a sleeper, a team that's going to come Ooh. out of the pack. Um, let me see. Probably Indiana. Let me see. Big Ten. Indiana, I would put in there. I would put. Uh, man, you put me on the spots, too. Yeah, have to. I think Indiana's probably going to be that team. Uh, I'm looking at the teams right now. I mean. For, for me, it's Indiana just because of all the senior talent they're bringing in. Right. Illinois is right there. I think Illinois has enough talent with Shannon and all them guys and uh, Curbelo. If they're if they're firing on all cylinders, it could be. I in some ways, I think more dangerous than a, with Coburn. Yeah, I could. I could. Uh, mm, I don't know. Uh, Michigan. I see. Uh, I worry about Michigan because what is. I, I like I got I know they they bring in Llewellyn from right. Princeton who was good and we've seen Ivy League players come to the Big Ten in the past and and have some success or be viable but I I, I don't know I I just feel like that team is very depth See, I, wise I, it's not it's I not there yeah I don't like I don't, I'm looking at their ball handling situation they have. 
you know, Hunter Dickinson, who's like, who would have thought he would still be here? Like, like, dude, why are you still here? I thought you were, I thought you were the man, but yeah, he's Luca Garza. Um, I could, you know, Illinois. Yeah. I could see Illinois, Michigan and, and possibly Michigan state, Michigan state. No, probably don't have, they don't have the big man. They're going to be playing smaller rotations because I think it's only 10 scholarship players on the team. The sleeper is Pierre Brooks Jr. for Michigan State. Pierre dropped, I think he said he dropped 30 pounds. You can tell. You can he, tell. He, he did the body transformation that uh, Denzel Valentine and Draymond Green did where they lost the doughiness and really got into good shape and he's a guy, man, he when he's when he's feeling it, he can shoot from the logo. I remember he made a logo shot in the high school championship. But yeah, he's now shooting. I, I mean, when he's on fire, I mean the green and white game, he just put on a show for the crowd when they played their game. He's a guy that I remember telling Izzo, you may have lucked into your leading scorer this year because for years, Michigan State has had a bunch of players, but they didn't have that guy who wanted the ball. A.J. Holger wants the ball, but A.J. plays so out of control. He's lost weight, too, but he plays so out of control, whereas Pierre, man, you he could spot up for the three and hit a deep three. He could drive. He could do a lot of different things. If he takes that leap, then I could look at Michigan State as maybe in that third spot or maybe even the second spot. Question for you because you're more plugged in. I, I For folks that haven't realized – Michigan State has a schedule from hell. They're playing every top 10 team, essentially. I yeah. mean, it's it's a go look at what their November and December looks like. Do you, is this a case of time building, maybe not this year's team, but building for next year's team when the number three class mm. in the country comes in? No, because those guys aren't even here yet. So, if they were playing, I could say, yeah, you're getting them experience. But in college basketball, Stu, you just take the schedule at the end, you ball it up, and you throw it away, and you start all over again. This year's team is built for trying to get out of the first weekend of the tournament, trying to see how you can handle it. Apparently, they played a secret scrimmage against Tennessee, mm-hmm. lost by five. Um, they had to the lead in the second half. This is one where you're just trying to really prepare this team to see what they can do because the Michigan State hasn't gotten out of the second weekend since the Cassius Winston team yeah. in uh in 99. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, 2019. So when they knocked off Duke and went to the final four. So that this is where they've been stuck. And yeah, they, you know, I'm I'm going down to the Kentucky game. They're starting off with Gonzaga on the boat. I mean, he does this. We'll see what happens. They could be a lot better but they may be like two and seven to start the year, but it could actually be a better team than they were in the previous season. Um, Cause you look at, uh, cause the other, the, uh, the other incoming freshman. Uh, well, Booker's coming in next year. No, no. The guy he's on the team this year. Uh, hold on. Let me look this up. I feel I, I feel like we're bad Spartans that we can't just spout this out. Oh I, man, I was seeing because you had me. I'm all set and thinking um, <laughs> Jackson Kohler. Oh, oh, I was okay. talking yeah, football. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jackson Kohler is going to be a guy. He's big ten. He's got the body. He's ready. He likes to shoot the ball. 
He's going to be the big man that big man that Michigan State probably hasn't had since Xavier Tillman back there. Somebody that you could throw it down low and know that he can get you two points in a bucket or maybe an and one. So I, I look, he's going to help this team out. Now, how quickly he comes along, can he stay out of foul trouble? I think that's going to help. And uh, Carson Cooper is interesting because I saw him playing Moneyball. And I'm like, man, okay, whatever school gets this kid, he's pretty good. I didn't realize that he was the guy that originally was going to walk on that state, but they put him on scholarship. He's a big body, can block shots, can get a lot of stuff done, can play some defense so that you don't have to rely on Maddie Sissoko, Maddie Sissoko, and Maddie Sissoko. He's going to get a lot more playing time as the year goes along. But Jackson Kohler, I think, is the one that you you really – adding him brings depth because they really didn't. I mean, look, God bless them, but uh, Hall, Joey Hauser, those guys aren't real big men and they have no business going down low where Kohler can at least hold his own and help this Spartan team out. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm going down to champions classic when they play, take on Kentucky you know, stranger things have happened, but we, we got to see how quickly this team can gel together. Yes, sir. Folks, catch our good friend Rico Beard on the Five Star Zone podcast with Howard Griffith of Big Ten Network and every day, two to six, 97 won the ticket. Rico, it's always a pleasure, my man. Hopefully we can catch up mid-basketball season and, and I'll hit you with some, uh, I don't know, hockey questions. Yeah, yeah. This, let's let, let, at least let me be in on Jared Nightingale. <laughs> let me be prepared next time. All right, man. Uh, great talking to you, Sue. Yeah, anytime, man. Let me know. All right, appreciate you. And we'll be back later this week with the Pick'em Show. Until then, we'll see you after a while.